Welcome to hour number two on a Friday on Hashtag Daily K with your host, Peter Bint. How much do you know about K food? How much handshake have you eaten? We introduce trendy foods uh, in the world of Korean food, of course, including the history and culture of it. We'll introduce these in famous restaurants on Dish of the Day with Chef Ryan. That's right. We've got Dish of the Day. Chef Ryan is in the studio all on his lonesome. You're looking lonely there. I know. I got a little nervous. Could you tell? And that I fumbled it up on the intro (laughs) his first time. It's weird. I, I, you know, I'm here by myself. Yeah. Is that the first time you're sitting in that studio all by yourself? I'm in your chair, Peter. And I got to say, I could get used to this. I think that's what everyone is saying. I'm a little worried. I better make a quick recovery. Well, you don't How look you very. Doing? You don't look very sick, man. I think you're just playing hooky. <laughs> I just wanted a couple of days off. Yeah, no, I'm feeling not too bad at all. It's just a tickly throat and some coughing fits here and there, which isn't great when you're hosting a radio show. No. Um, but. To be honest, if it wasn't COVID, and I didn't think it was COVID for the first few days, I had a few tests and they came back negative, I would have come in, you know, just uh, soldiered on. But unfortunately, the regulations mean I can't be there. You're still fit and healthy? Yes, sir. Yeah, feeling good. Out on the farm every day, running and, and still the garlic and honey every morning. I think that's what kept me strong. Maybe that's what I needed. As well as the booster, I should have had the garlic and honey and I wouldn't have got this terrible affliction. Oh, dearie me. You're looking very almost early summery there, Ryan. I think the weather's going to be good today. Yes, it's going to get all the way up to 21 degrees supposedly today. 24 on Sunday. Wow. So any events planned at the farm? Uh, We've got the uh, movie nights going on tonight. I'm going to do a a kid-friendly movie this evening around sunset and got a full uh, four or five groups coming out for that. And then uh, the Soul Marche is on Sunday. Uh, The April Farmer's Market, a.k.a. Marche, is a huge one every year, and it should be a lot of fun being back out there we it's it's been kind of quiet the last two years as you could imagine but uh but we're feeling good about this one and uh we'll be out there with with some uh hams that we've been working on for two three weeks and and uh, a lot more goodies hot sauce of course and all kinds of things Wow. Where does that take place for anyone who wants to visit? It's up in Hewa. Um, beautiful park in Hewa, right outside uh, the southeast exit of the um, the subway station there. Uh, I believe it's called Mariner Park. And okay. it's been going on there for years and years. I've been participating with that for almost a decade now. And it's Fantastic. it's really cool. It's grown a lot. You know, a lot of organic farmers participate and, and other and other folks doing unique foods and crafts and all kinds of things. Yeah, I've heard that word before because there used to be a restaurant here in Seoul in Korea, I think by the name of Marche. Mm. And it used to have like little market stalls inside the restaurant and you'd just get your little buffet fill at each of them. Oh, but that's cool. really disappeared completely it used to be quite popular but i'd love to get out and see you at the market but i won't be there i'll still be in quarantine unfortunately uh today's ingredients i've talked about them briefly to the listeners the korean changs would they fall under this umbrella of potentially healthy ingredients 
Absolutely, especially in their traditional form. Okay. Um, nowadays, you might find a little bit more, you know, sweeteners, syrups added in that might not be quite as healthy. But the old school ones, especially here, I'm talking about the gochujang or the red pepper paste. You know, that that wasn't so sweet back in the day and much healthier. Oh, wow. Yeah, because nowadays, most of the ones you get, there is a lot of sweetness in there. So people might actually look at that, the chili pepper paste, and think, oh, it's going to be terribly spicy. The sweetness really does almost overcome that totally, right? That's right. It just balances it right out. Yeah. Mm, so what are the jungs when we're talking about these chang chang jungs? Well, you know, all, all around the world, everybody has different condiments, you know, and, and I think... Korea is unique in the history of these and the importance of them throughout the cuisine. And, and, and I got to say, you know, especially when we talk about fermented soybean paste, like the, the duinjang, uh, yeah. which is so important. I mean, can you imagine Korean food without duinjang? Yeah. No, that's not Korean food. <laughs> right, right. And, and it's so good for you and so, so deep in flavor. But it, it is definitely an acquired taste. I mean, think about the first time you had a stinky cheese. Mm. You know what no, I mean? I still don't like a stinky still don't cheese. Like, well, you know, I, it took me probably a whole year of living here in Korea before I really got excited about the mountain grandmother duinjang that you can find in the countryside here still that is just so amazing. And then, and then finding them at the marché at the farmer's market made by these local farmers, really carefully trying to observe old school methods. And mm -hmm. it gets amazing. Just, and, and I like to compare it to cheeses because, you know, you could get a cheese that's kind of like, oh, what is that? You know, smells a little strange. <laughs> But when you get used to it, you just start to love it. And that's how I feel about Dwinjung. Um, yeah. So, so that's the fermented soybean paste. And, you know, it was interesting. We talked to Paul on Wednesday about his maybe first memory of Korean food, because I think that was the hashtag, Hanshik. And he mentioned that they went for a barbecue and then at the end came out this bowl of what he described as smelly socks because it was the first time he'd ever smelled tenjung. And he was yeah. like, what is this in this bowl? And am I meant to eat it? And now he loves it, of course. But the first time he was like, the aroma just hit him in the nostrils. Well, <laughs> I totally understand Paul's story because I... When I got so excited about this, I put it in my suitcase and brought it back to America to share with family and friends. And lo and behold, the airline lost the suitcase for 24 hours, and it was summertime. So uh -oh. by the time I got to this stuff, um, it was even more off than, uh -huh. it, you know. Uh, but I, I had to make these because I was so excited about it. I wanted to share them. And my parents kindly asked me to cook that soup outside, please. Because <laughs> um, I had I had real, you know, old school mountain uh, fermented soybean paste, you know, made by a grandmother on a mountain. And that's when I was like, wow, this I can when I hike this mountain, I can feel I can smell, you know, this the, the essence in this Dwinjang, you know, yeah, and it's absolutely. it's special. But yeah, when I shared it with friends and family back home, they weren't nearly as excited as I was because it takes, <laughs> it takes a while to get used to. 
Absolutely. So that so that's the tepenjang, and then just briefly, the gochujang is the chili pepper paste. Is that also fermented? Absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. There's things like uh, barley malt in there. There's also glutinous rice powder or or soaked and ground glutinous rice, and that ferments for less time than the duenjang. Duenjang might go up to a whole year um, yeah. or even more. Um, but the gochujang or the red pepper paste, you're talking sixty, ninety days, and and maybe longer too. Yeah. Okay, and then the samjang is maybe these two mixed together. Right, the samjang is the one that gets the spotlight the most because when you have Korean barbecue, you can't have it without samjang. And everybody loves this one right away. I don't think you need to be, uh, you know, kind of coaxed into it or get used to it. That that fresh garlic and fresh chilies and maybe onion and the toasted sesame oil rounding out the combination with the dwinjung and the gochujang, it's just magic. And I can't imagine Korean barbecue without it. No, absolutely not. So maybe that's where this gets confusing because they're all jungs there, but... Definitely, I would consider like penjang and gochujang as pastes more than a sauce. But with the samjang, that's kind of a gray area because it's kind of like a sauce you put on, like you said, your your Korean barbecue. Very true. Very true. These are thick sauces. So, you know, traditionally in, in culinary school, when we talk about a sauce, it's something that you could probably pour onto a plate. These are not necessarily pourable. But you're right. Mm. The samjang is probably the thinner one because, you know, it's got that toasted sesame oil to kind of thin it out a little bit. And, and round out those flavors and, and bring the garlic and the chilies and the onion um, into the fold. Fantastic. All right. We've got so many messages coming in, Ryan. I'll, I'll read out a few. I don't know. Have you got some in your hands? As no, well? no, no, I don't have okay. any today. Sorry, brother. I'll read the messages and you can respond. So Brian Coe, who I believe is ethnically Korean, said, when I was young, I thought it smelled really bad. I remember my cousin actually putting some on me from a clay pot outside on a bee sting. <laughs> oh, oh, wow. I don't know if scientifically huh. that has an effect, but it might cool it down. <laughs> well, I, I remember getting uh, oatmeal, just kind of moistened oatmeal put on bee stings, and I think it was to calm it and dry it out, maybe? Is that what it was? Uh, yeah. Well, maybe the bees don't like the aroma of Chung either. Who knows? Yeah, yeah. And Brian, Brian says now that he loves it. And uh, Marilyn Wells, and this is a good one, says, can you describe the taste of Chung? Is it planty? Uh, how? Because I don't know what you'd compare it to. I don't think it tastes similar to anything I had in the UK. Well, that's that's why I was bringing up the cheeses. You know, um, it, it is definitely a fermented, deep, deep flavor. Um, not a lot of ingredients, but over time, um, those flavors develop because of the enzymes in there, just like a cheese. Um, mm. so it is very salty. Um, but the really good ones that I've had have not been that salty. They've actually yeah. had kind of ha had some sweet notes in there. And oh, when you just yeah. take a, just a, a fresh leaf of cabbage or a carrot or a cucumber or a, a green chili that's not spicy and dip in a really well-made duenjang or fermented soybean paste, it is magical. Um, uh, and again, similar to you know, some of these cheese, like one in, in a cheese from France, a Pont Lavec. The first oh. time I smelled it, I was like, oh, that's, that's a little weird. You know, but man, <laughs> I just love that cheese. I just love anytime somebody can bring that over for me um, to wow. try. Yeah, um, Tropic LK saying, 
does it really smell similar then to like a mature blue cheese or something like that? There are some similarities. I would go further to more like a, a Limburger. Have you ever had, you know, no, that's, that's a pretty funky one, you know? Okay. Um, but I would say that, that, that cheese in particular to me smells more off than any Dwinjang I've ever found. Yeah. Oh, wow. Except for the one that was lost in my luggage for a day. That was comparable to a Limburg. (laughs) That's a special one. And Siska saying from Indonesia, my favorite among those Changs has to be Kochujang. We Mm. have Chang from Soybean 2 here. Same taste and smell uh, with Dwinjang, and we call it Taocho, and it's good for cooking frog soup. Wow, 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 wow. wow. Yeah. Would you like some frog soup, Peter? I'll give it a try. It's meaty after all, rather than vegetable. So maybe. I made I made my father take us out to hunt frogs when I was about six years old. Oh, to eat. (laughs) Yeah. Because not in Twinjung. No, not in Twinjung. We there are bullfrogs in in ponds, you know, around cattle pasture around the south, you know. Uh-huh. And uh, and I made my my dad and brother go out with me, and we caught frogs at night, and then barbecued them up. They Just did. the legs. They are wonderful. Absolutely, yeah. Fantastic. Yeah. Steve says <laughs> I prefer using gochugaru, the chili pepper flakes, over gochujang, the paste, as the former has a longer shelf life and can be used, in my opinion, in more recipes. They they are. Similar as in they come from the same chili pepper, but very different as well, right? Right. When we're talking about gochujang, you know, it's it's uh, also got the glutinous rice and barley malt in there. Um, and, and then that fermentation takes place over 60 to 90 days, and you get more and more depth. Um, mm-hmm. Definitely, you get the sweetness, too, from the glutinous rice and the, and the barley malt. Um, through that fermentation and 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 then nowadays most of the gochujang you find on the shelf um, it'll have mulyot or, or like a rice syrup or, or other types of syrups added that'll sweeten it up more and make it more yes. palatable for the first time or trying it you know um, and again it's not very spicy it's it's more balanced yeah sure and I, I would say with the chili pepper flakes you're definitely just getting more punch in terms of spice absolutely and it's like- Bang, if you they, want something to clear your nose. <laughs> I, I, I do notice that the, particularly the Korean red chili pepper powder um, or flakes, they do have a little bit of a smokiness to them naturally without being smoked. Uh, maybe mm. it comes from drying them in the sun. Um, mm. I love that kind of depth on the, on the higher quality ones that I've found over the years. Okay, well, why don't we get into at least showing our listeners a picture of, of some denjang Good so idea. they can get a feel for it and, and you can explain away. You said they can be fermented for a year or longer batches of soybean paste. It really takes a year to do to do the denjang and it's such an amazing process. You know, there, there it is. Okay. So it doesn't look particularly appetizing, I guess. You know? <laughs> no. um, <laughs> and we're just, we're just selling it all day long. It, it doesn't smell great. It doesn't look great, <laughs> but it's an amazing integral part of Korean food. And, and really, um, you know, the, the ones that you find on the shelf now in Asian markets around the world, uh, they're not that pungent, you know. The ones that I've fallen in love with, though, over the years are stronger. Um, mm-hmm. You know, the ones that are made in the old school way. So so what you can see there is almost like chunky pun- peanut butter, right? 
Yes, that is a good description. Yeah, yeah, and it is thick, and it is salty. So, so let's say um, to describe to listeners, if Peter, if you had a carrot slice mm. or, or stick, and you were dipping it in that, how much would you get on the carrot? Well, it depends. If it's one of those, like you said, maybe store-bought salty ones, right, then right. not so much. But it's one of those good ones that you said, you could put a big chunk on there. Yeah. And it'd be I, nice and kind of savory. I probably would start with, you know, a teaspoon or less just mm-hmm. to get a taste of it. Because some of them can be quite salty. Um, but but what an interesting process. See, remember back in the day, didn't always have refrigeration and we needed food and we needed good flavors, you know, the, the, the wonderful parts of life, you know, the times to enjoy with family or sitting down to eat, you want it to taste good yeah. and, and fermenting things is a way to preserve them as well. And soybeans is are one of those crops where you can grow them and dry them and store them. Right. Mm. So that's like, that's like money in the bank. You know, sure. And they're keeping it. Yeah. Right. So, so if you've got those dried soybeans stored away and you need more dwinjung, you can pull those out, soak them overnight for 24 hours, you know, and then, then mash them up. And like you could see in that picture, it's not, it's not totally ground up. Some, some bits are kind of chunky, right? Mm. And then, and then you got to make the meju block. Have you ever seen those or? Just, so yeah, I've, I've seen them hanging up as kind of these cubes or more like rectangular 3D shapes tied with a bit of straw or something to the Hanok roof bits. Exactly. And and you need to have that straw in there because that's helping attract or bring in the good bacteria that's going to get that fermentation going. Um, oh. So these blocks may have been hung in the house or underneath the eave of the house. Keep them dry and let them continue to ferment for months. And then that's your meju block, you know, and, and they, they get the cracks in them as they dry and they'll get little, you'll see some white fungus forming on the edges, you know, and on those cracks. And you're thinking, wow, you want to, you want me to eat that someday? Yeah. yeah. It's very dry. It's not like a paste at all then. Right? right. Right. At that point. But then you put it in the salty water in like a, a hangari or the big earthenware pots. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and with that salty water soaked in there over time, you're going to get two amazing things. Do you know what the other one is? You got no, it. Your too. mother must've taught you by now, Peter. So you're getting the tenjang. What's what? What else? You're getting a bonus ingredient. Absolutely, you're getting soy sauce on the other. Oh, end. that's not a separate process. You get them two for one. Well, you you can continue the process uh, process of both of them separately after that, but oh. that's how you get them both started. Oh, so wow. so you're soaking them. You're you're continuing to ferment them in that salty water. Months go by, then you filter it, and you've got your your. Uh, very early soy sauce on one side, and then yeah. you have your early dwinjung on the other side. And now those blocks can be broken up easily, you know, and you filter that and drain it a bit. Don't drain it all the way, but then put it back into a hangari again and let mm. it ferment more as the paste and then separately as the soy sauce. Fantastic. And that soy sauce we call kanjang. So it is part of the Chang family, right? Very and that true. might confuse you more because that's very much a liquid, isn't it? The, this is true. This is true. And okay. kanjang, if, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think that means kan means two season, right? So it's the mm. two season sauce. Ah, yeah. yeah. Like our kind of version of salt, I suppose. Are you ready? Every day is K-pop. Listen up. Anytime and everywhere. Adidas Radio. 
Harirang Radio. We are back for part three. Chef Brian's in the studio. It is dish of the day, and we're talking about the Changs, uh, which seem to. I don't know. Is there one all-encompassing term for this? Then are they Korean fermented things? Would that be okay to say? There you go. Sauces, pastes, condiments. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. yeah. Definitely, they're... you wouldn't describe soy sauce as a paste, right? True. True. Yeah. Okay, so but just sauces. essential parts <laughs> of hanshik. Just so yeah. essential. Yeah. Absolutely. And we got loads of messages coming in. Uh, I got one here from Marilyn Wells who says. The New Zealand Maori eat rotten corn. It stinks something horrible, but tastes great with cream. You can smell it a mile away. Friends walking home with me would say, "What's that smell?" A little bit embarrassing. Uh, I I can relate. Yeah, when I had the kimchi in the house, and friends would come over and say, "What's that smell?" I would be a bit embarrassed. <laughs> I can imagine it smells a little sweet. I'm guessing because I I've had corn on the farm rot and. And it, and it definitely gets a little bit of a sweet, funky aroma. I would love to try that. Someday I got to get down there and check it out. Uh, other listeners are all talking about Samjang now, which that's what we were talking about. Samjang is the crowd pleaser, right? I mean, <laughs> it, it's so good. Even if you're a vegetarian um, and you just want to eat vegetables and dip in this, it's an amazing combination with the, with all of the stuff we're talking about, the duinjang, the gochujang, and then just some fresh uh, ingredients like garlic and chilies and toasted sesame oil mixed together. Uh, I see it with, with all the barbecue, but when you go out to the East Coast, haven't you know you always see it with the raw fish too. Mm, yeah, I actually like dipping the raw fish in the samjang because, yeah, soy sauce and the kind of kaja, Korean mustard or wasabi, that's nice, but it gives it a bit more like volume and oomph when you're eating it with a samjang, like a good dollop of it. Yeah. Oh, oh, it's so much depth. And that's what Siska's writing where she says, oh, I forgot about samjang. Love it when eat barbecue. Uh, meat magic, you know, um, but even with just some vegetables. A silver granny also says, uh, I keep samjang in the fridge. We like it all, uh, with a dipping sauce. Again, raw veggies or with the meat. It's all, it's all good. Um, yeah, just absolutely. hard to beat that one. Uh, Brian also saying my relatives used to have those big pots outside their houses. And that's the sad thing. I think now we live in apartments, most of us. There's not many of us that keep the big hangari, those clay pots. I suppose you could keep them in the veranda area because it's a bit cooler, but maybe not the same. Um, you totally can. You know, it, they like when you're fermenting things, you know, you don't want it to be super hot. Traditionally in Korea on a sunny day, you will take that lid off and you've still got maybe a mesh over it, you know, to keep it sure. clean, but take the lid off and let the sun disinfect it as well a little bit. Put the lid on back, of course, uh, before any rain or anything would, would get in there. But, uh, but yeah. And I got to read this one from Tropic Girl. It says, uh, looks like brown sugar oatmeal. Talking about the picture of, of the <laughs> doenjang we had up earlier. But it says, Ryan, your comment is flawed. Peter would never have a carrot or a carrot stick. I forgot. You don't eat carrots either. Like if it's in a stew, like a, what is it? A, uh, what should I call it? A bokumtang, yeah. like the spicy chicken, and it takes on all that sauce, or a kaobi gym, the braised ribs. I'm all over it because it doesn't taste like a carrot. If it's raw, 
No, thank you. All right, yeah. in the middle is is dak galbi, like the the stir fried chicken, with, and there's carrots in there, and they're a little crunchy sometimes. Yes or no, yeah. Peter? If they're crunchy, no. <laughs> if they've been cooked right through, yes. <laughs> but I must say, with the samjang, I do like it with like the napa cabbage. You know, just like you just snap it off the leaf of the napa cabbage, and the bottom bit is white and crunchy. That bit with samjang is my favorite. It is so good. And and going back to dwinjang as well as a dipping sauce, when you have a really nice dwinjang, um, which I had a few years back made by uh, my friend's father on their organic farm, and it just blew my mind, this subtle sweetness and not salty at all. I had way too much of a vegetable called bomdong here, uh, kind of a winter. It's like a cabbage that grows flat on the ground and looks like a flower. And I had tons of it, and I thought I would never get through it all. But I just sat down with that really good dwinjang. Next thing you know, I had eaten the amount of, of cabbage that a horse could eat in a day. Wow. Just dipping it in the soybean paste. Right? That was it. And it was just, you know, I didn't even blanch the leaves or anything. They were just fresh, lovely, organic. Um, bomdong. I, I don't know an English name for it, but it's like a, like a cabbage that grows flat on the ground in the winter. It hugs the ground to stay warmer. And, uh-huh. it, uh, and, it, and it really does look like a big cabbage flower. Yeah, that's a good point about the tenjang. It might not come to mind first, even for Koreans, to just use as a dipping kind of sauce like the samjang, but it can be done. My mum has this dish that she makes, kandenjang, so it becomes a little bit more concentrated, mm. and then she'll just boil cabbage leaves and then serve them cold, and you just put that in the cabbage leaf with the rice. That's wow, it. wow. Yeah. Man. Getting on... We need to get onto gochujang before we say goodbye. Then. Yeah, I was just looking at, at the picture here. Um, we're we're going to get a picture up here of gochujang, I think, okay. next. And and this one, you know, the all of these, you know, people are making them at home. This is stuff, mm. if you're really into it, I would say it's it's on par with trying to make some kombucha at home. It's not impossible, but it does take a little a little uh, detail, you know, and patience, I, guess, I should say. It's not yeah. very difficult, just takes patience. And gochujang uh, would be a good starter because it doesn't take the full year uh, that <laughs> dwinjang does. But, uh, but yeah, if, you know, three, two or three months and you could have a really lovely homemade gochujang. All you're going to that- what are you doing with the chili peppers? Um, you're, you mix that in. So you've got to cook the barley malt and, and at least soak. Some people also uh, will cook the, the glutinous rice. Um, they're all ground up. They're simmered and reduced. And then after you get that, um, that reduction, you filter it, and you're left with kind of a sweet, uh, milky... Um, uh, let's see. How do you describe? Like a, almost like a paste. Okay, it's okay. not quite as thick. And then you add in uh, all your red pepper flakes, and it thickens it up even more. Get it into a pot to ferment for for two or three months, and you get more and more depth out of it. Wow. And yeah, this again is one that you can just use as a dipping sauce, and it's commonly done so when you're eating dried squid. I see it. Often That's right. Or, or the you, little right? dried fish too sometimes. Yeah. And it tastes nice as well. Yeah. I uh, remember going through the supermarket when I first got here and they would have all the samples out and, and a woman handed me a little, you know, it was like my first or second day in Korea and I'm walking around the supermarket <laughs> and she hands me this little dried fish doll, the heads <laughs> on it. Everything's in there. And back then, you know, I was like, 
Okay. And it's got a little bit of gochujang on it. And she was mm. promoting the gochujang. And, yes. And I, you know, got to try it, you know, and I was, but I, at first I was like, should I really do this? I don't know. But, it, but it's wonderful. Yeah, it's like the carrot slice, basically. It's not the main event there, but you're just tasting the gochujang through it. Uh, I'm sure we could talk about jungs for weeks upon end, Ryan, but that's all we've got time for today. Thank you so much for coming in and holding down the fort, buddy. My pleasure. I'll let you have your chair back. We want you back soon, Peter. I will see you next Friday. Thank you so much. You can listen to Dish of the Day with Chef Ryan every Friday at 10 a.m. KST on Hashtag Daily Cake.